Welcome to How the Fuck Did You Get So Confident? My name is Rebecca, and this is the podcast where I interview my friends and peers to figure out, well, how the fuck they got to be so confident. In this episode, I chat with actor and producer Travis Jeffrey. We discuss how confidence can be vulnerability, the benefits of the Wim Hof breathing technique, learning how to cope with loss, and so much more. This is How the Fuck Did You Get So Confident? with guest Travis Jeffrey. Hey, Trav. Hello. Hello. Thanks for joining me from uh, another hemisphere. Yes, thanks for having me. Very excited to have a chat. Yeah, me too. It's so good to see you. Good morning. Did you just wake up because it's early there? No, uh, it's it's 11 a.m. That's early for some people. Yeah. Yeah, no, I've been up, been up for a little while, um, you know, just trying to be productive and yeah. all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Nice to see you. It's been so long. It's been a while. Um, it's so good catching up with you. We caught up a little bit over the holiday, um, but it it's good to see you You thriving and looking looking great, uh, feeling great. Yeah. So um, what when you hear the word confidence, what does that mean to you? Like some people were saying... Oh, confidence to me is like authenticity, like being authentic to myself or confidence to me is um, just continuously being curious about the world around me and asking questions. So when you hear the word confidence, what what do you think about? Yeah, and it's so interesting, as I was saying, you know, on our brief little catch ups before we started, that this yeah. is such an interesting topic, you know, talking about confidence and that sort of stuff. And I, I know a lot of your other guests are like, yeah, when Rebecca reached out and was like, hey, why are you so confident? Like, I think you got the wrong number. You know, that's definitely what I felt. It's like, I think you've, you've asked the wrong person. Um, but it is, it's really interesting to to actually sit down and think about what confidence is. because, And especially for Australians, I think we're, very, we're a self-deprecating bunch. Confidence can quickly turn into, you know, arrogance. You feel like, you know, it's like, oh, confidence might be bad because it's kind of like arrogance and that sort of stuff. Um, but yeah, thinking about it, I think what confidence to me is, is trust really, because emotions are so fleeting and that sort of stuff, like trusting that the work you've put in will be there regardless of how you feel, you know? So trusting that for me that I've, you know, I've worked hard and trusting an ability that I've worked on for, you know, a decade, uh, whether it be with acting or that sort of stuff, um, you know, and just, and just relying on that, no matter how crappy I feel or self-conscious or, you know, self-deprecating at the time, just going like, oh no, I've, I've done the work. So it all should be there, hopefully, yeah. no matter how I feel. Yeah, so I think trust is a big one for me and confidence. Yeah. Do you consider yourself a confident person? No, I don't think so. <laughs> Never? Uh, oh, so, no, yeah, not really. Um, <laughs> Look, uh, <laughs> look, you know, it's fleeting and it comes and it goes and it's, you know, depending how I feel at the time and that sort of stuff. But, you know, I'm quite a, a quiet sort of person, you know, I can be quite shy in new situations and that sort of stuff. So confidence is a hard one for me. You know, I conf- in, in social situations and that, that what gives me confidence is the, you know, be, being authentic, I think knowing that it's like, oh, I don't actually have to do do anything. If I just be me, that's okay. That's enough. And, you know, that took that took so long to work out, and, you know, and it's still something that I battle with. It's like, oh, who do I have to be when I go out to a foyer or, you know, when I rock up on first day of set, who do I, you know? Yeah. It's like, well, no, it's actually okay to just be me and I'm shitting myself and that's all right, <laughs> you know? Um, so that's something that, that helps. Um, I think actors and artists and everyone, we're so, you know, we're all self-conscious and we're all, you know, a lot of us have quite bad imposter syndrome and that sort of stuff. So I don't think confidence would be a word that we'd use to describe ourselves. Um, and I think that's probably where my work ethic comes in, you know, the fear of not being good enough, you know, the fear that all my fears will come true. Um, so and I think that's why the trust and the work ethic ties into confidence for me because I'm confident if I've done the work, mm. if I put in the work, if I'm, you know, if, if I've got an audition and I've got a cold read it, you know, I'll do a terrible job because I'm not confident because I haven't done the work. But, you know, if I've done my prep and, and I'll still be nervous because we're always going to be nervous because we care and that sort of stuff. But, you know, I'll have confidence in my ability uh, because it's something I've cultivated, something I've worked on for a long time. And 
you know, it, it will be there. Yeah. You know, it doesn't just go. Um, ta- you talked a little bit about like what the Australian culture thinks of confidence. Can you like explain that a little bit more? Because that's interesting to me. You're my first um, Aussie guest, so. Oh, great! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, <laughs> you know, and it, you know, it's completely different for everybody. But like growing up in a small town and that sort of stuff, you know, I, there's this. It's quite a toxic thing. Um, you know, and I'm sure it's in a lot of places, but this thing called tall poppy syndrome, where you want to rip down anybody doing well. And it's, you know, that's a very generalized view on it. But, you know, being like, oh, they're doing so well. Ugh. Like, I wish I was doing that well. I want to, you know, want to crap on their success and make them feel worse about it and that sort of stuff. And that, that can be, you know, in any facet of life. But, you know, acting industry is very competitive and drama school and that sort of stuff. Um, and I think you know, the fear of failure and that sort of stuff. Fear seem, the fear of failure is less scary if you kind of go into it going like, oh, I'm probably going to do a shit job anyway, mm. you know? You know, and I think that's quite an Australian trait. Mm. But, you know, we, we, we have a reputation for working really hard and, you know, most of the time doing a good job, I think because, because we are, you know, we have that self-deprecating nature we assume we're going to do a crap job, so we'll work extra hard to make sure that we don't, you know. Um, yeah. And that's something that I look up to and envy, you know, um, when I chat to folks from the States and that sort of stuff, you know, just that unwavering, you know, it, that seems like confidence to me. Somebody just be like, yeah, great, let's do it. <laughs> you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's yeah. done. You know, where Australians are like, and it was, you know, we studied at Atlantic together yeah. and one of the the biggest examples I've ever seen of that, it really hammered at home. It's like on, what, on day one, we sat around in a circle and we're like, hey guys, let's have a chat. Tell us tell us what you do. And, and you know, there was this Aussie girl and this American girl sitting next to each other uh, and the Aussie girl chatted. She's like, hey, you know, um, yeah, I've been acting for a while. Like, I, I think I can sing a bit and like, I, you know, I can dance a little bit and, you know, I can sort of act. And then the American girl was like, hey, I can sing, I can dance. Um, you know, yeah, just, yeah, it's good. <laughs> And I was like, well, and, uh, you know, and it's not an arrogance thing. It's just a confidence in belief, it, it, you know, belief in, in your ability. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. <laughs> you know, growing up, especially in a small town and that sort of stuff, you're just like, wow, that's just, it, it's a different, different way of just, it's completely backing yourself, which is amazing, which I think you need in the entertainment industry. And I'm sure in every industry, you know, the good thing about confidence is it doesn't just apply to the arts, you know, it's, right. it's everything. But I think you need a sense, people need to feel like they can have confidence in you. Right. So there has to be some form of confidence or people are going to freak out and probably fire you. Yeah, or you're just not going to get hired because they're going to be like, mm, if this person doesn't believe in themselves, like how am yeah. I going to believe in them? Like, I don't yeah. know this person. Um, it's so interesting because you, to me, like as an outsider, seem so confident. Like, oh, really? yeah. But in, in <laughs> yeah. like, in like, but but in a like a quiet confidence but the, but that's usually like the most authentic kind like the people who are like big and loud and probably like me um <laughs> are usually less confident than the people who are just like quietly like sitting with themselves and also right. i never considered you shy but but i i oh, guess really? yeah, yeah no you always just seem like confident and cool oh, it's really it's it's always interesting to see outside perspectives of, you, of yourself isn't it because usually yeah you sit with yourself all the time and that's all you ever know but to hear about um you know and it's nice it's it's nice to you know hear that i come across that way and <laughs> but you know who knows what's going on in somebody's mind you know yeah. like the most confident single person in the world can be absolutely petrified totally you know? okay and so it's you, just the face that they put and... i was gonna say you um you talked a little bit about growing up in a a small town um where what what tell me about it who did you live with your mom your dad like yeah, so what's lived, your family dynamic yeah so i lived with my uh mom and dad older sister two younger sisters and a younger brother um okay. so there's a few of us yeah. uh and we i grew up on a you know, small town called hillsville which is in the yarra valley in victoria um and grew up on a cattle farm um which is really beautiful it's an incredible place to grow up just having space it's like having space for kids is incredible, you know, to yeah. be able to run and play. And like, I could not imagine a family with two kids during the pandemic in an apartment, you know, like 
hats off to anybody that got through that. Like that, it's incredible. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it was a really beautiful place. It's a wine region. It's just nice, you know, fresh air. Uh, you know, just a really lovely, lovely place to grow up. And you know, really lucky with my family. They're all really beautiful. And were you a were you a confident and, kid? Um, I, I think. <laughs> I think I was. There's like a bunch of photos of me. Like, I think I made it into the local paper, like doing karaoke at school or something. And like now, that's my worst nightmare. Yeah. So it, it's funny how confidence just ebbs and flows. And I think it's probably all about learning inhibitions, right? Like kids. I work with kids, and you know, they're they're incredible. Like they're the best actors before they learn before we learn inhibitions and learn, you know, that we should be scared of failing and, and feeling like an idiot because like. You know, kids are playing on a pirate ship. They're on that pirate ship, you know, like yeah. just 100% commitment and that sort of stuff. And there's no feeling silly or any of that sort of stuff. So I think as a kid, I was, um, I think I was pretty loud. I was pretty, uh, <laughs> yeah, I was a handful. I was probably a pretty exhausting child for my folks. Um, but yeah, and then I guess when I, I just grew up and, um, you know, I was quite a bigger kid when I went through high school. Like when I graduated high school, I was um, like 110 kilos, uh, which I think is like, uh, it's like 245 pounds. So I was quite out of shape. And I think that's, that, I think that's kind of where my confidence took a bit of a hit and that sort of stuff, you know. In high school? Yeah, in high school and, you know, with all that sort of stuff. And, but it also, you know, I learned to be funny. I guess, as a survival technique, you know? So that's a part of my, and now that's made me really health conscious, you know, not, mm. I don't think it's too, um, too over the top or anything, but just be like, oh, if I don't look out after myself, I will get very unhealthy again, you know? And then it's kind of the opposite for a lot of mates that I went to school with who had incredible metabolisms and were super skinny. And now, you know, their, their metabolisms have run out and they never had to work on, looking after themselves so now they're unhealthy so it's kind of like a role reversal yeah um, so you know the, the, those confident hits but there's always I find you know there's good good to come out of everything you know there's silver linings to come out of everything you know I, I think I uh, learned to protect myself through comedy and and you know and I guess that's probably where I learned to maybe present a more confident version of myself you know feeling really crappy you know um did you find the arts in high school or when did you? Yeah, so, sort of it, like my, it's such a small town. Like we didn't even have VCE drama, which mm. um, I'm not sure what that is in the States, but like in year 11 or 12, like yeah. your final couple of years, you made like they're your subjects you pick. Right. Um, so I couldn't even uh, do my final couple of years of drama. You know, I did media and stuff, making short films and that sort of stuff. But, um, you know, my sister was an actor. Um, and as a kid, I like my mom and dad were like, hey, you want to do some acting lessons? So I was like, no, I could not think of anything worse than standing up in front of a bunch of people. Really? Um, oh, absolutely. Oh, so um, you were scared of like, like public speak, like nervous about public speaking? Or, yeah. Or, or... I, I don't know. I think just being in front of a bunch of people doing stuff, I think was just terrifying to me. And, um, you know, that was kind of early high school, I guess, you know, so that's probably when I started, you know, when those inhibitions kicked in that, Mm -hmm. self-consciousness uh, self kicks in you know and, and most kids go through it um you know where you learn to you know we're just educated in a way that's like no don't ask stupid questions and you know all that sort of stuff and um you know which I think is changing now which is which is you know really lovely and I think it's a great a better way to learn I yeah. think it's a more stable way to learn um uh but yeah, I, I just was petrified. And then somewhere in high school, um, the local kind of, there was like, a, they did a school play every year and um, they were like, hey, would you like to be in it? I was like, oh, that's terrifying. But yeah, I'll give it a go. Mm. And then sort of just did the school play every year. And I like, I was petrified. And I was Wait, so why scared. did you say yes if you were scared? I don't know. I think she just had a really good sales pitch. <laughs> tricked me into it. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It, I think she just made it sound like a lot of fun. And it was, it was an incredible amount of fun. Um you know, and I had to sing in my first show uh, and my voice was breaking at the time and <laughs> and it was terrifying, uh, but I did it and I was really proud to push through my fears, um, you know, and that's something I've always been really proud of myself. Like I will always, I wouldn't, one of my main rules is I will never let fear stop me, no matter how scared I am, you know, you just got to yeah. do it. Um, 
and yeah, just did it, kept doing school shows and they joined the local theater company and um, just did it. But it never felt like a viable thing until sort of end of high school. They're like, hey, have you thought about maybe auditioning for drama schools and things like that? It's like, oh, yeah. It's like being from a small town, nobody does it. I just had no idea of the trajectory, like how you even achieve this. Uh, you know, my sister had an agent, that sort of stuff, but there, there was just no auditions. And um, yeah, so um, worked on my pieces with the with the local theatre company guy who was this, was this terrifying older man that like took over the local theatre company of kids just having fun. It's like, no, we are actors. You know, he, he, he trained in this like really high, like incredible Polish school. And he was just an actor, you know? Yeah. So everybody dropped out apart from me and a couple of kids and we kept doing it. Um, you know, then worked on my pieces and luckily got into drama school. And that's sort of where it shifted from being a hobby and a dream to be like, oh, this may be an actual thing. What What was drama school like? Like, did you, because uh, you went in, you auditioned and everything. I'm assuming like getting in gave you some sort of confidence. I mean, it's hard because it's, <clears throat> we don't want to like, base our confidence on like external factors or like getting approval from drama school or teachers or peers or whatever but I can imagine getting into a drama school in Australia gave you a bit of confidence or yeah it's a bit I I got in in a really weird way Mm. so it actually was a knock of confidence um so and you're right you know the validation we don't want it to define us but it's impossible not to enjoy the validation it's impossible not to let the validation affect us you know getting a gig all that sort of stuff it's like oh that's a that's a boost of confidence um but in the in drama school uh you know it's called the western australian academy of performing arts there's a handful of ones in australia that are kind of you know have a really good reputation and whopper's one of them it's where like hugh jackman went and um so i auditioned and i got uh shortlisted did my callbacks all that sort of stuff and they're like great we'll let you know by the end of the year so then you can prep and i didn't hear anything so i was like oh bummer you know and by that stage i've been bartending for a couple of years out of high school didn't really know what i was doing um you know doing plays every now and again with the um with christoph this the local um theater guy and i was like oh bummer that's a real bummer what am I going to do next year? So I just kind of kicked on with life. And then at the start of February, I got a call from uh, Christopher Edmund, who was the head of the school at the time. He's like, hey, um, uh, somebody just dropped out. Do you want to start next week? And I was like, huh? He's like, yeah, c- come to Whopper next week. And I was like, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, I'll see, you, I'll see you on Monday. And this is in Perth, which is across the other side of the country. This is a long way away. This is five hours by plane. Uh, so I had three days, four days to pack up everything and move to Perth. Um, I didn't know So, that. In, Yeah. So That's in wild. that, like it wasn't, you know, I don't think of so much of a confidence here. It was just that, you know, and talking about before this imposter syndrome that a lot of actors and that kind of stuff, like there's little moments throughout my life where I know it's like, oh, that, that attributed, that was, you know, if, if, if this was the film Inside Out, it's like, oh, that's a cool memory. That's a cool moment. <laughs> and, and probably not a good one, probably one of those blue ones. Um, <laughs> but, you know, so that, I think that created a really strong work ethic for me because I never felt like I deserved to be there. All the way through, you know, and I did really well, um, you know, I worked really hard, I got really good marks, you know, objectively, I was doing really well, but there's always just that thing. It's like, oh, you don't actually deserve to be here. And at some point that they will find that out, you know, and that's something I've brought into my acting, you know, and a lot of my mates, we chat about it. It was like, it's like, when are they going to find out that we're frauds? You know, we're really lucky. We keep getting jobs and that sort of stuff. It's like, when's somebody going to turn around and go, Hey, wait a second. <laughs> you should be here. It's like, oh. so that's, that's actually a relief. Um, but you know, so, but yeah, and then from there, drum school, but it was incredible. It was the best three years of my life. You know, you, you make, you've just become a family, especially being on the other side of the country. You know, 90% of the kids are from the other side of the country. So, you know, only two or three are from Perth. So it's just a new world, you know, you, you mm-hmm. create this family and, and some people don't need to go to drama school. It's completely individual. Um, I did, I had no idea what I was doing. Drama school was the best thing that ever happened to me. Um, just because it gave me a platform, you know, it just, 
just helped helped me understand the basics, you know, and then I've still been, I just keep working on it, yeah. you know, because we never, never finished learning, obviously. Um, so drama school for me was really beneficial. And I think it's the relationships that I made and the work ethic, even though it was kind of from traumatic, but, you know, it wasn't the end of the world, you know, it's just, I didn't get in, but then I got in, mm-hmm. you know, but it was just, you know, it created a sense of me to, I needed to prove myself, I guess. And I think that's probably still, you know, a thing. And it was a thing from a young age, growing up in a sports sort of family and not being great at sport. So that wasn't great, you know, and and wanting to always prove myself and then, um, you know, then trying to move away from sport and be like, what's the furthest thing I can do from sport? Just to rub it in sports face, you know? I was like, I'll try acting. And, you know, so I think that, that need to sort of prove myself and, you know, show that I can do things wait so your family was like big into sports and you you tried and you were not good at it is that what happened look I was okay I was mediocre no you already said no I believe you said you were not good at it (laughs) not good not not good enough my look my dad was a uh a VFL player which is like um it's changed now to the AFL but like you know he was really good he was a really good football player and my little brother is an incredible football player my sister was an incredible tennis player and I was just kind of like, eh, you know, like did, did well at tennis and that sort of stuff. And, you know, and, and sport felt really important in my family. Um, well, how did that affect you then? If your family, like, is, if that's really important to them and you're not finding your place in it, that must have affected you somehow. Look, it, it did. It, it caused, um, and, you know, I have a fantastic relationship with my folks now. But, like, me and my dad, you know, we, we butted heads quite a bit, you know, because I – wasn't achieving to the standard that he wanted to and it's you know it's a lot of fathers they just want their kids to do well you know they just want their kids to go further than what they achieved you know and in sport I wasn't gonna do that unfortunately no matter how hard I tried I just wasn't uh you know I was you know as you pulled me up and I just wasn't very good at sport um you know so then then moved into acting to try something else and you know, it's a, it's a really weird full circle story, like a few years after that. And, and you know, I, I kind of separate, I push myself away from my family a little bit. And, um, you know, our relationship wasn't too great for a little while and then it started to get better. And, and my dad said to me one day, he's like, look, I'm really proud of you for following your dream. Like when I was a kid, I wanted to be an actor, but I didn't have the guts. He's like, you know, it was a different time, but I remember in grade six, I spoke to the guidance counsellor or whatever, you know, the, the careers counsellor. And they gave us a piece of paper with three numbers. And I was like, actor, mechanic, you know, carpenter. And he's like, I crossed out actor because I didn't have the guts to, to um, give it a go. And he's like, I'm really proud that you have. I was like, oh. <laughs> it's weird sort of trying to like separate you know, push myself away by doing something completely different, like full circle sort of brought us back together, which was really lovely and really, you know. Um, That's like a big moment though. Yeah, it was lovely. It was it was a really uh, awesome moment. And then that, that kind of, it's like, oh, my dad's proud of me. You know, and then from there, you kind of, you know, our relationship, it was, it changed and it got really, you know, it, um, you know, we built a really great relationship of that. And, you know, we still have a really great relationship today. And, and they, they're really proud and they get tickled, you know, when they're at Cole or you're like a supermarket, you know, and somebody goes, hey, it's, are you, you're Travis Jeffrey's mum and dad. We, you know, we saw that movie and, you know, and they, you know, they, 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 they love that. Yeah, <laughs> it's of lovely. course. And, they're proud you know, they're really chuffed and then they call me. They're like, oh, you never guessed that we saw down, we saw Mark's mum and dad and they <laughs> said they watched a movie and, and, you know, it's, yeah, it's really lovely. It's, it's you know, it's a nice thing to come out of it. And, and it's, you know, it's not why they're proud of me, but that's just a nice byproduct for of them. Of course, uh, of course. You know, it's really sweet. So what was the transition like after you left WAPA and, like, you graduated and you, where did you go? Did you move back to Mel? Did you move to Melbourne or Sydney? No, I moved to Sydney. Okay. So um, how it kind of works that we do a showcase. We, we do a, a, bit, a big showing for agents in, in Perth. Melbourne and Sydney agents come and they go, Hey, let's have a chat afterwards. So my agency, um, that I ended up signing with, uh, were in Sydney. And I kind of felt like I was like, Oh, if I go back to Melbourne, I might just go home, get stuck in the same routine, get stuck in a ruts. So I was like, let's move to Sydney. Let's, you know, I've, I've already just made a big move to Perth for three years. Why not? Let's move to Sydney, start afresh. Um, so I moved to Sydney and, 
you know, started working full time at reception of a gym and, you know, it was like, oh, this is, you know, you, you always have these, you, you think that when you graduate, it's just going to happen. You right. Know, you're gonna, the day of graduation, you're going to get a call and be like, okay, yeah, all right, I'll see you on set, Mr. Spielberg, you know? Yeah. Um, but that doesn't happen you should, you know, a lot of the time. There's no. the exceptions, but, you know, so the first kind of year out, just working casual jobs and that sort of stuff and navigating that. And, you know, that can be a huge anxiety as well. You yeah. know, you've got auditions, auditions during the day, but trying to survive and pay rent and that sort of stuff. Like I found that really hard to navigate. Um, yeah. So just finding my place there. And then the second, you know, the second half of the year started auditioning more and um, yeah, I started to, to get closer to all the roles and but like it's challenging to go from like theater school where you're performing every day you're rehearsing all the time and then go into like the real world where you like get a regular job and like you know it's yeah and you're not you're not just doing it 24 7 but that does how did that affect you because like that's hard look it, it is tough and you know trying to find the motivation to keep that up and and you know you get rusty so quick as an artist you know and imagine it's the exact same with, yes. well, I'm sure it's the same with everything you know sports sports stars and musicians and that kind of stuff like if I don't audition or if I don't put something down in two weeks like I'll forget how to act you know be like I can't do this anymore you know so it is just a constant thing um and that was really hard um getting out of drama school yeah um you know and just kind of like oh well I didn't sign with the biggest agent in the world that's that you know hurt um you know i i didn't land the first audition i went for you know so it, it is it takes time and, it, and it's so easy to look back on it and be like dude you should have just focused on your own journey and don't worry about everybody else and stuff but you know at the time you know makes a book and big gigs and that sort of stuff and you're just like well what, what yeah what, am i not doing something right and you know it's just such a you know, like to, to see where you sit now as opposed to 10 years ago and actually talking about it out loud, I, I find it so interesting because at the time, like it seems so simple now, now how to navigate all this kind of stuff and be okay with it. But at the time, it's like, you know, you, you're just trying to, you're trying to wade, you know, you're trying not to drown. Yeah. Um, how did you handle it at the time? Like, I think I just kept busy. Yeah. Just worked a full-time job and did the auditions, you know, luckily if lots, a few auditions came through and, and, you know, you, you've just graduated. So there's, there's hope and, you know, you're still like, yes, this is all achievable and all that sort of stuff. Um, you know, and that's, that's a thing that actors really have to manage and really have to be careful of just letting the bitterness creep in and, you know, the anger and, and, you know, beating yourself up too much, mm. you know, that, cause that can really come in. And it's really self-destructive and it's really, you know, it's a really hurtful thing for, you know, for yourself to go like, I'm crap, I'm crap at this. I can't do this, you know? Uh, but like, I think I just kept myself busy. And it's the same now, you know, just find different creative outlets, mm. especially through the p- p- pandemic, you know, everything, di- like everything just stopped, you know? So being in a place where I can, where acting isn't the be all and end all, you know, obviously it's still very important. It's my, it's my job. It's, you know, the number one thing that I do, but, in the times where there's, you know, droughts or whatever, you just write and that, that sort of stuff and, you know, focus on other things. But at the time, I think just keeping busy. And luckily, you know, I booked kind of my first big gig towards the end of my first year out of drama school, which was unbroken. Um, so that was kind of like, oh, great. Like I am doing something right. And, and I, you know, I've got this big job and, you know, so I must be doing, doing something right. Um, so that, you know, that was a, 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 a boost of confidence as well you know yeah how is has confidence like affected you in your personal life like not in in a work setting because like Mm. in doing these interviews people are usually like really confident at their skill set or they're really confident like in relationships or with their friendships but it's it's rare to like talk to somebody who's like oh yeah I'm great at my job I'm a great friend I'm a great partner I'm confident in all these things yeah. like, it's usually one or the other do you feel confident like on a personal level like with your friendships and relationships look getting there absolutely like confidence has been a really it's been a really weird um relationship for me just in like you know, as I said, like being, 
being a bit bigger at school, you know, bullying, all that sort of stuff. And, you know, as a kid, you know, growing up, you want to, you know, meet a girl and get a girlfriend and that sort of stuff. And, you know, seeing like, you know, it's, it's like a jock, you know, we sort of, it's the same sort of vibe in, in Australia, you know, there's like those cool, confident guys that, you know, that's, that it just, life just seems easy for them. So that was like, oh, that's, that's, for me growing up, I was like, oh, that's what I need to aspire to be to. And, you know, I tried to work on that sort of confidence thing and I really didn't like what it made me do, mm. you know, like it was so false. And I remember Unbroken, my first, that, that first big gig, you know, that kind of was like when I finished that and was like, oh, okay, now I'll be the actor that everybody thinks actors are, you know, I'll be that confident guy. I mean, like I just finished this movie you know, directed by Angelina Jolie and, you know, you know, talk like that. And, you know, I went to one event and then my mate's like, what are you doing? You're a wanker. Stop it. And, you know, that was great. That was great. And then I, and I was like, holy shit, you know, like that doesn't work. You know, maybe, maybe some people can fake it until they make it. I just can't. It makes me feel sick. <laughs> yeah. Um, pretend like to pretending to be con- like I'd rather sit in the, in the corner of a room and be quiet. And yeah. Then, rather than you know, and that's what I've learned in my personal life that you just let your work and you just let it speak for itself because eventually it will all come out. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't fake it forever. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so I've always had a really weird, uh, and it's like the last five, five, ten years. I've gotten okay just being me, you know. Um, How? It, 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 um, I think it's just trial and error, you know, learning learning that my friends like me and my family like me and, you know, that I, what I, I, I must be in some semblance okay, you know, okay yeah. to hang out with. And, and, that's, and just being, you know, being okay, being yourself. And, I, and you know, something that I work on a lot is because acting is so personal, you know, like it's a blend your life is you know you you as an actor is uh you as a person and that was a big turning point in my career and my work got a lot better and uh and an aussie um acting coach said to me it's like you're never going to be a more interesting actor than you are a person and that was a that was like an epiphany moment for me i was just like wow that just takes all the pressure off you know, because you're different from me. I'm di- no, but I, I, I'm the only one who can do me the best. I can't do you the best. I can't do anybody else the best. So just going into an audition room, going like, "Hey, I'm Travis. Uh, this is my take on it," rather than going into an audition room, going, "Hey, this is my take on the take that I think you want me to do, so I get the job." You know, mm-hmm. and and even in my and in my everyday life, that that was a that was an epiphany for me as well. That just being like, oh, it's okay to be me. And there was a few other moments, like I did this with, um, you know, the late Elizabeth Kemp, who's an incredible teacher, you know. She did this really beautiful dream workshops. And, you know, that sort of taught me that it's like, I am okay. I am, you know, you, you don't have to play these roles and, you know, change yourself completely to reach them. Like bringing yourself to your work is enough. Mm. You are enough. Mm. We are enough. We are um, okay. You know, and so just like little bits like that. And I think it's the 1% a day sort of stuff, um, you know, just learning how to deal with those knocks and the hits of confidence, you know, and, and deaths and things like that. You know, the things that five years ago, I just would have cracked a, you know, went straight to a bottle of bourbon, you know, to deal with. Now going like, no, making myself feel like shit's going to make me feel even more like shit, you know? So I've learned over the last couple of years that I'm a much more confident, okay person when I'm not hung over all the time and mm. I don't, I'm not tired all the time and I don't feel like crap, you know? So, you know, if something bad happens, just going for a walk or go to the gym or just, you know, hang out with my partner and just, even though something crap's happened, just make yourself feel good, you know? When something really bad, you, you can't beat yourself up for trying to feel good when something shit's happened, you know? You're not dishonoring somebody's memory by going like okay this is horrible and this is heartbreaking but I need to survive too you know see Um, that is so hard for me to grasp that like that like I don't need to beat myself up or feel like shit to honor someone's memory and obviously this is a very personal and um uh 
me and you topic that yeah it's a fresh fresh topic yeah, yeah it's a fresh topic that me uh the two of us share but like i don't i don't know like you you seem like you know how to when you have when you are feeling bad or when you've quote unquote i don't want to use the word failure but i'll just use it quotes failure yeah, absolutely. Yeah. um you know how to turn it around and like make yourself feel better yeah and that has been purely trial and error you know as we said like and you know sadly i've been through what we what we've just experienced together i i've been through before you know a few years ago um a girl that i was with for five years and my best friend in the world she passed away from cancer you know and i was drunk for two years mm. you know and you know that's not something i i'm proud to admit but you know your mid-20s you go fuck emotions i don't want to deal with them let's just get drunk again i feel like that's when i first met you that was just no, before it was just before oh, okay yeah that was, that was just before you know and and it was a very self-destructive you know i i have a tendency to have a self-destructive nature which i have which i have learned yeah you know and it's a thing that i've learned to deal with going like oh i've had a little win don't destroy yourself because you think you deserve to feel, feel like a piece of shit or you've had a massive traumatic event you know don't rip yourself apart because you have you you, you feel guilty for, for things you know and the first time i did that i did do that you know mm. i you know the days <laughs> referred to as the dark days in my friendship group you know there was just days where you know there was just a couple of years where i just had to numb myself and you know lots of people do it and it's destructive and and it's how i dealt with it at the time and you know and, and this time you know the, this relationship that we're talking about that's you know we, we just went through something very similar and you know I, I i got the call and i just sat and i went fuck no i'm not gonna go and get drunk i'm gonna go for a walk you know i'm gonna sit with my partner i am gonna i'm gonna try and be okay you know because that's what this person would have wanted you know and it's so it's it's easier said than done that and i've just you know and it's just been trial and error you know yeah. it's a hard thing to it's really hard you know it's a hard thing to learn and we humans we want to beat the shit out of us it's just human nature i don't know why know. we do it i don't know why we want to do it but you know um i just got to the point where i was like i'm sick of beating the shit out of us i'm sick of i'm sick of just you know giving in to how i how i think i how i feel about myself like i'm not going to make myself you know, we've got, we've all got those voices that are just like, you're a piece of shit. Like, don't, and I'm like, well, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm not going to give into those voices. I will be stronger than that. You know, I will. And then through that, I just feel so much better, you know, just, just choosing the good, choosing to make myself feel good. And, you know, there's struggles, there's days, you still miss out on auditions, it's kicking the guts, you know, bad things happen, but just pushing, you know, just going like, okay, I'm at a fork here. <laughs> I can go down the road that I've done it before. I, I know where I end up. I know where I'll be tomorrow morning. Or maybe I don't know where I'll be tomorrow morning. Or I can go down the road where I can be kind to myself. I can look after myself. You know, I can, I can celebrate, you know, these, these, these people that we love's lives in a healthy way. I can celebrate the losses. I can celebrate the wins in a non-destructive way. But, you know, it's purely trial and error. It's purely, there's no solve, you know, for this. That's the bummer. It's like, you just have to work out what works for you. It's like acting. It's like everything. It's all so individual, isn't it? It's yeah. Just, yeah. Um, I mean, I knew about, I knew about um, your previous partner and that and her death. And I, you know, not until recently, actually, did I know about that, but. Right. I'm sorry. I mean, I just, Thank you. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. You know, and it's, yeah, it's just, it's just time. That's the, it's, that's the hardest thing about these sort of things yeah. um, is it's just time, you know, and it's lovely to talk about these things in an open, this, in the open. This is a very different trajectory of this, how I saw this podcast going, but it's lovely. You know, it's nice to be open and, and, you know, I've got a lot of mates, talking about this recent thing that's happened who are younger who are 22 and 
you know, I made a mind, it, this happened months ago and he's just sobered up, you know, and I can see him doing what I did. Yeah. You know, and you go like, hey, it's fine, but just look after yourself, you know. And it sounds so cliche and stuff and, you know, this is for you and it's for everybody. It's just, it takes time. It's going to hurt forever, you know, but it will get less painful. Yeah. And anybody who's, who's you know, mums, dads, grandparents, everyone, you know, anyone you've lost, you know, you could not know somebody that really affects And you see that they've passed away and it affects you. Yeah. Like pain, pain is relative. You know, we don't beat ourselves up for having for having not enough pain or too much pain or, you know, it's like the, yeah. the thing that I find most toxic is when I find these things out, it's like, oh, I didn't react how I should react. It's like, what the fuck? Who, how do you react how you should react? I know. I've had the you same know? thing. I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm like, why am I so, I am so upset. I'm like, like this should be this type of upset. It should be reserved for the person's family or partner not me and then then you judge that and then you go down that Absolutely. rabbit hole and it's like and that's just another way of us beating the shit out of us i know it's like it's like well you haven't cried yet you know why haven't you cried yet and yeah. it's like well you know i deal with grief very differently with, with how you deal with grief yeah you know but as i was saying it's just it's time and it's a bummer because you know we can't speed time up but it's honestly tomorrow will be better the day after will be better it just gets, you know, it gets easier. It's always hard, but it gets easier. Yeah. What's, um, a little, I'm going to change directions here. What's the, um, sort of relationship of Australians with, um, Aussies with like therapy and mental health and like that sort of deal? Look, it's getting, uh, it, you know, it's amazing. We're in an amazing time. You know, obviously there's still a lot of shit that needs to be sorted out, but we're in such a transitional period of history across the board, you know, um, a lot of changes that are way too long coming. Um, but I think people are getting better with it. You know, still go out to hip, like my hometown. I doubt anybody would be seeing a therapist out there. Mm -hmm. Well, actually, you know, it really, it really surprised me. I went through this, uh, I grew up in this time called Black Saturday which were like some of the biggest bushfires in Australian history. Um, uh, and, you know, not, not the ones that just recently happened because yeah. yeah, but the 2009 um, and, you know, traumatic as fuck for a lot of people, you know, we, we cut Hills was right in the middle of that, you know, people lost their houses, like part of our pr property was on fire and, you know, it's just really hectic. And I th I'm sure a lot of older, you know, men and women just, push that down mm. you know that was suicide was a really bad thing that came out of it mm. just from depression and losing everything losing, we, sorry to get sidetracked but we just have uh, when you go out into the country people just have such more of a, an affinity and a connection with the land mm. you know like i don't think we have that anymore like that is your livelihood that is your life like I remember there was this night where we had ember attacks, which is where, you know, burning bits of literally burning Jesus. shits just falling from the sky, like leaves and all that sort of stuff. And my dad and my three uncles were there and I was like, guys, we, we have to leave. And they're like, ah, uh, no, nah, we've got to stay. You know, mum bought this property. We, we've just got to fight for it. You know, and I think our, our generation doesn't really understand that connection. Uh, with the land and how important it is and you know it's a really beautiful thing but you know, my where I was going with that is I went home a couple of years afterwards and you know I ran into this guy um that I went to school with and he was a footy player always a really confident dude and he just completely opened up about his depression and anxiety that was caused from going through these bushfires and how he's been dealing with the therapist for the last couple of years and I was like dude that's really like good like just thank you for opening up and because you know this small kind of town and like, I definitely have it with, you know, things that I've tried to deal with that it's like, no, I, this makes me weak, you know, you know, growing up in the country and it's hot and, you know, you've got to be tough to farm the land and all that sort of stuff. And it's like, you know, if you falter, you're weak, but, you know, I think we're in a really beautiful point in time where, you know, these things are strengths, you know, being who you are is a strength. And it's, you know, it's only, you know, the last couple of years that I've, I've had the courage to go like, oh, no, these are my problems. You know, I've dealt with them forever, but I've actually, uh, maybe I should deal with them properly, you know, and not feeling so much, you know, like a, like an outsider or like you're wrong. Or, um, 
you know, so I think in, you know, more, you know, the, in within the arts and that sort of sector, I think it's really, you know, it's, it's viewed really healthily, you know, as it should be, people are, are doing it and, and getting a lot out of it. I am sure that in smaller towns and, and that sort of stuff, like it's still a huge problem. I still, I still think there's probably a weakness relationship to mm. therapy and that sort of stuff and talking about your emotions and, um, you know, which, which is terrible, but it's just, I think it's just being exposed to it and time again. Yeah. How did you, how, how have you like, cause you mentioned, um, dealing with it. Like, how have you yeah. dealt with like you recognizing things that you want to work on about yourself? And yeah. then what do you do? Like you personally, do you have like a routine or do you go to therapy or do you journal or do you put it all into your art or how did you sort of evolve as a person and grow as a person once you recognize like, Oh, these are some things that I want to work on. Yeah. Um, and I think it's, I think it's just bit by bit, you know, working out the things that I want to work on and not overwhelming myself because that's the quickest way to fail. You know, the quickest way to turn yourself off doing something it's like, okay, I'm going to fix all these issues this week, you know? And then you go like, oh, that's overwhelming. No, I give up. Yeah. And then you've got a really bad, you know, so just, um, you know, like the last year, especially during the pandemic and lockdowns and that sort of stuff, not beating myself up and, you know, being health has been a huge, you know, just looking after myself, you know, going to the gym, feeling good about myself, you know? eating the foods that make me feel good, not eating the foods that I know are a punishment <laughs> and make me feel like shit, <laughs> you know? Um, you know, just biting off bits that I can chew just bit by bit, you know, going like, okay, well, let's work on some gratitude. Mm. Let's, let's work on, you know, going for a walk a few times a week, just things that are manageable. And, you know, now I'm at a place where, you know, let's work on these deeper issues. Let's go see someone, you know? Do you go to therapy? Let's, uh, I'm in the process of finding, um, so, uh, yeah, yeah, I have absolutely. Yes. Um, but just in a sort of transitional period of working on more specific, yeah, yeah, yeah. um, more specific things, you know, I battled, um, I battled growing up a lot with obsessive compulsive disorder, mm -hmm. um, which is something that I, you know, don't really ever talk about. Um, mm -hmm. uh, now it's on a podcast, which is great. Um, you know, but it, it's, it's something that I always felt like a freak for, you know, intrusive thought syndrome and, you know, just this like battling, having a constant fisticuffs. Like, people, you got, Americans won't know what fisticuffs are, like a boxing match with your brain. And, yeah, fisticuffs. Uh, fisticuffs. Is, I thought that was just a hugely Australian um, term. It is. Right. I had no idea what that was, but you didn't act out, so that's how I knew. Oh, yes, and then I realised that we're, we're not this on. is a podcast, yeah, yeah, yeah. so mm -hmm. there's, um, you know, uh, you know, so, and then just like pushing it down and dealing with it, uh, you know, dealing it with that, in that way of being like, how do I be tough with this and that sort of stuff and, you know, pushing things down and, you know, now I'm at a point where it's like, no, these are actually strengths. These are actually things that I can, if I, you know, find the appropriate, somebody who's an expert in it, somebody who, you know, is an expert in um, cognitive therapy, um, Cognitive, uh, cognitive behavior therapy mm -hmm. and you know these are things that can manage and make life a bit easy it's not something that's going to go away and you know but like having a healthier lifestyle impacts that hugely mm -hmm. you know it impacts my mental health hugely like it's you know i don't have this thing that i'm dealing with on top of feeling crap because i'm treating myself like crap you know so yeah. um i relate to that i have i also have ocd um yeah uh or i also yeah. was I guess diagnosed. I don't, it feels weird. I was diagnosed with this thing. Um, but so yeah, I've, I, I relate to what you're saying with these like intrusive thoughts or these thought spirals and like, and it's exhausting. It's, it's, it's so exhausting. And I, I still don't really know how to handle it, you know, other than just like, yeah, sometimes I just have to just be like, it's okay that you're in a thought spiral. Like, it's okay. You don't have to yeah, like. Absolutely. I, yeah. You know what I mean? And I really loved the episode that you guys, <clears throat> the last episode that you did talking about, like, you know, you're not your thoughts and you, you, you know, they don't dictate you. And 
yeah. you know, actions uh, are what define us. Yeah. You know? um, and that's so hard to remember though. Oh, absolutely. Especially when you're ex- like, when you're exhausted and like, I, I have such a harder time when I'm exhausted or when I'm hungover or when I'm, you know, in a, in a down plate, you know, because you just don't have the energy to combat, you, you know, your brain anymore and these thoughts. And so that's something, you know, over the last couple of years, I've really focused on and really worked on. It's just like, let's not, st- let's, let's not just worry about today. Let's like, let's think about how we're going to feel in, in the next couple of days. You know, mm. let's, what are the actions today that are going to make me feel better tomorrow? What's, what's going to, you know, how, how can I help myself rather than how can I be in my way? Mm-hmm. You know, rather than trying to numb these shit thoughts and these sort of stuff now, which is going to make it worse tomorrow and the day after and the day after how do we deal with it in a better way mm-hmm. you know so that's been that's been something i've been working and you know it's a slow process bit by bit and as i said you know you just gotta just chip away at it and for you it's like going on walks surrounding yourself with like good friends therapy absolutely yeah yeah okay Absolutely. And, you know, breathing is a big part of it. You know, I do do a lot of Wim Hof breathing. Um, Ooh, wait, what's it called? Wim Hof. He's, uh, he's just breathing. He's such an interesting guy. He's just like breathing guru dude. <laughs> but wait, it's just like... Tell um, me about this. This I'm writing this down. This sounds good. Uh, so it's just... it's uh, So it's breathing, but it's also like... It, uh, it's cold immersion therapy as well. Mm. Um, you know, like doing ice baths and stuff. And I live near the beach, so, you know, I'll try and go swimming whenever I can, every day, you know, even if it's raining and that sort of stuff. Now that I've said that, it's a really cold day. I have to go do you it. You have to. Now, now that I've said it. Um, but, yeah, it's just, uh, it's about putting your body in a state of stress. You know, we, we live in this really uh, consistent, you know, you wake up in your air-conditioned apartment and you hop into your air-conditioned car, you go sit in your air-conditioned office, we're never in a state of flux anymore. And it just kind of goes back to the times of where life was harder, you know, like you're sleeping outdoors in the freezing mm. cold and, you know, it just, got, it just taps back into how our bodies were made to function. Um, you know, um, and the breathing, I, I find the breathing is really helpful because I achieve something straight away. Like I wake up and I do the breathing mm. um, and I've achieved something for the day. It's kind of like, you know, making your bed, yeah. you know, the first achievement. And, you know, you're talking about in the other one, uh, in the other episode about just chucking your clothes in the spare room, you know, <laughs> but the satisfaction you get and the achievement you get from like folding your clothes and putting it away. It's like, right. I put my feet up. I fucking just did that before we, before I, yeah, it was all on my, it was all on my bed and I was like, I got to fucking, I got to put this shit away. Um, but yeah, also just like starting your day with like a ritual or like the same, you know, a routine or something that like kind of gets you in that mindset is really important too. Yeah, absolutely. And you you just keep the day off in the right, right place. I think, you know, you've achieved something already. Might as well achieve the next thing. Yeah. And then just goes from there. When do you feel most confident in your life? Like what, what are you, when you think about you being confident, what does that look like? Um, I think it's um, the most confident I think I've ever felt has been whilst acting, mm. you know, and, and, you know, I, a big thing that I'm looking into, like trying to just get better at with that sort of stuff is is a thing called flow state where you just everything just starts working for you um and you know there was this show i shot a couple of years ago called gallipoli and there's a scene where it's a war show and i'm about to climb over the trenches and you do so much war stuff i do (laughs) i really do why do you do so much war and like salt you just like look like a soldier uh (laughs) i don't know People just enjoy watching me be shot, maybe. I don't know. Um, Sorry. Look, I think I, I've broken this down. I've, uh, I've technically broken down why I play a soldier, um, which is a weird thing to do. Wait, you have? But I think, well, I've thought about it a lot because this is like, I'm about to do my like ninth war film. I know. Every time I see you putting um, something out or every time something comes out, it's you yeah. as a soldier at some period, different period of time. And I'm like, yeah. what is it about Trav that's like so soldier-like? I think, um, I think for my, for, for Unbroken, 
it's purely so we played prisoners of war pow's yeah in the second world war um and when, if i lose weight the first place it goes from is my face mm. you know and i got quite i got quite pointy cheekbones as is you know like so if i drop like for unbroken i dropped like uh, 20 like 40 pounds uh, in the lead up to it so i was quite i was quite skipped you know we're, and we're trying to honor these guys yeah you know, so I think visually I got, I got the role because I, you know, I easily look very skinny. So, and then for this other sort of stuff, uh, I don't know, maybe it's just that farm boy, like I've got a really boyish face. Um, I think also being a little bit older, but looking like a boy, see, uh, this is very technical. This is, this is, I've broken it down. I know, but I, I asked for it. So coming back from the war, like, you know, my Nana told me the story of when she introduced her, my grandpa to her parents. And she's like, this is my future husband. They're like, no, that's a 40 year old man. You know, and my grandpa was 21. You know, like these men age, men and women age in war rapidly because of the traumatic, uh, you know, just the shit that they go through and it's horrifying. But I think being a bit older, having, you know, uh, you know just being, having that sense of being a bit older, but also looking like a child, <laughs> I think is something that, you know, helps me, helps me in those roles, yeah. you know, because these men are, men and women are mature. They are, they've seen more shit than we have seen in our entire lifetime in, you know, a space of a couple of years. Um, but, uh, you know, who, who knows why I, I'm not, I'm not going to complain because it keeps me going. It keeps me employed. I'll take it. Yeah. You know, and it's really, I, I really lo- like, the more, the more I do war things, you know, the more you, I hate war, you know, you're, you're doing the research and it's just so fucking useless and such, you know, such a waste of life. But, you know, if someone was asking me, why do you keep doing them then if you hate it so much, it's just beautiful to be able to tell an individual story when wars are so on such a large scale, you know, no, but everybody just goes like, Oh, how did um, Australia do in that war? How did America do in that war? How did Germany do in that war? It's not like, how did Thomas Nichols, from Perth do in that, you know, like it's, it's beautiful telling, getting it such an individual story for such an epic thing, mm-hmm. you know, cause I think war just gets painted as, you know, whose side were you on, which side, you know, Australia, America, mm-hmm. you know? Um, yeah. So that's what I really love about doing, doing these, these projects. And that's why if they keep coming, I'll keep, keep doing them, yeah. you know, cause there's, millions millions and millions of stories that will never be told you know the most hectic hectic shit you could ever ever imagine but the person died so the story didn't live Mm -hmm. you know like uh and then the stories that have come back are crazy like the feats of the human spirit and the feats of humans um you know so that's yeah yeah that's uh yeah wait tell me about this flow state Oh, yes. Um, yeah, so in Gallipoli, um, there was this day where we were about to go over the top. Um, and, you know, I, I'd done a lot of work on it. There was this scene where I had to sing. You know, it's like this quite haunting thing where we, we're, we're all about to die. And, you know, the audience has seen that because the first three ways have gone over and it's futile. And it's one of the first times that I think it's like when people feel like they, you know, transcend into a character or whatever, everything just works. It, you just sit in it. You know, um, and it's like, you know, runners talk about it. I think people talk about it. It's just this state of complete synchronicity, Mm. I think, you know, where your body is working in unison with your mind, with your preparation, with the environment, you know, and I think that to me is working on letting myself be freer as an artist. You know, I do a lot of work and that's, you know, what we've spoken about a lot. You know, I, Mm. I prep a lot out of fear of, you know, not, not succeeding or not being good enough letting that all go and just going like it will all be there and just letting my letting my craft take over letting um yeah just letting all the work i've done for the last 10 years take over and not um not hold on to this work not try to show this work not try to just like you know be um which is a which is a hard thing to do yeah and it's a hard thing to do in life as well um yeah i was gonna say that's something that like I feel like carries over into like personal relationships to a state of flow where it's like you do the individual work 
on an individual level to become um, a more evolved person and then you get in a relationship or a friendship or whatever sort of interpersonal relationship and then you let it go and you're not like constantly am I saying the right thing? Am I doing the right thing? And But you've already done the work, so you can just then be free to just be yourself, mm. um, which I think is so important. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Letting go of all those things that you think you should be. Yeah. And, and just being you. You, you seem know. like someone who, like, is – finds – uh being in touch with like your physical state and your physical body like very important is that true absolutely like i love love to movement all through drama school that sort of stuff and like with this wim hop like this cold cold immersion therapy and all that sort of stuff like you feel in your body you feel alive yeah. you know and like you know if i stop going to the gym for a couple of months because of an injury or something like I, I stop being able to move well like i i enjoy knowing how my body works and i enjoy you know feeling physically fit and um you know i think that's such an important thing to you know you see people that have been sitting at a desk for 20 years mm-hmm. and you're like wow like your body must feel like you just be so locked up and you, you forget you forget how your body is actually supposed to work and how capable your body is and you know our bodies are amazing yeah like the stuff it it does and how the human body works um you know, so like looking into that and exploring that and, uh, you know, playing around with that through yoga or yeah. gym or, you know, jumping in the cold ocean, I, I think I find, yeah, really important. I wonder if it's like in your DNA since you're like family are farmers, right? That's what you said. They yes. Only yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder if it's like in your, I don't know, like to move your Maybe. body. Yeah. Like it's just like in there throughout the genetic, generations yeah I don't know. genetic memory is a really fascinating thing so maybe maybe yeah, yeah um do you as we're wrapping up do you have any words of wisdom or i don't i don't like using the word advice anymore i think that it's stupid yeah so i'm gonna say um, just words of wisdom whether it's about confidence or life or growth or whatever and this is a really big ask so if you don't have any this then that's fine absolutely and i think we've probably touched on it all but like the main thing is just don't don't beat yourself up yeah like just just you know being a human being is hard enough as it is you know Mm -hmm. uh and and pain you know knowing that pain's relative and everybody has problems it's just in life you need to like there's not one person on earth that doesn't have a problem. It's just choosing the problems that forward the things that you actually want to do, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. choosing the problems to have in your life. And that's, that's what, you know, having people pass away has, has shown me. It's just that these small things aren't actually, it doesn't matter, you know, we're alive and that's, you know, that's such a gift and that's such, such an important thing, you know? So um, I think don't beat yourself up don't sweat the small stuff too much choose what you want to do like sweat the small stuff in the avenues of life that you want to achieve in you know like choose what you want to do and then just it's such a cliche but you know be yourself be okay you are so unique and exciting as a human being you know and just getting just being okay just being you you know which is work it takes a long time it does uh, it's work. It's hard. It's like a lifelong thing. But, you know, I didn't realize that these small things don't matter, you know? Like, I I thought yeah. I did until recently, you know, until whatever, two, I guess two months ago. Um, yeah. And now I finally realize that. But it took it took a tragic loss it took a huge loss for me to realize that and i wonder Mm. if there's a way to like i don't know realize it before you have to go through such a hard thing but i don't know that that's possible yeah it's it's yeah i don't know either like humans are really hard that we don't accept things until we're ready to learn them for ourselves yeah if somebody pushes information on us we will shut down so easily you know, if you're like, hey, yeah. bud, stop sweating the small things. Like, Shut up. Yeah. Don't tell me what to do. Yeah. You know? So I don't know. Like, I think people, 
have to hopefully people can come to the like come to the realization on their own without a you know without some horrible shit happening i know i don't know that that's possible i don't know that you can really like appreciate without some version of loss like i don't know i don't know what what, what do i know but but it's growth it's growth you know and it makes it makes the good things better yeah things that we have you know we hold on to and appreciate you know appreciate our friends our partners our Mm -hmm. parents you know um yeah Yeah. so yeah it is it's yeah uh, yeah it's um yeah um okay well i'm gonna recap my notes um oh excited uh feel free to correct me on any of these um I think I've put some repeats down, so just bear with me there. Yeah. Okay. Feel free to correct you on any of my ramblings. Is that what you're saying? Uh... <laughs> yeah, word for word, correct me. Uh, okay. <laughs> Travis's tips for confidence. Here we go. Know the difference between arrogance and confidence. Trust the work you put in. Be authentic. Have a good work ethic. Cultivate a childlike sense of not having inhibitions. Look after your health. Push through your fears and never let your fear stop you. Find different creative outlets. Trial and error. It's okay to be you. You are enough. Make yourself feel good. Be kind to yourself. Remember that therapy is a strength. Focus on your physical health. Gratitude. Um, Remember that your quote-unquote flaws are your strengths. Wim Hof breathing. Am I saying that right? Wim Hof? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wim Hof breathing. Uh, find a ritual slash routine, especially in the mornings. Find your flow state. Remember the mind-body connection. Do the work and then let it all go and be free. Move your body in a way that feels good. Don't beat yourself up. Remember that pain is relative. The small things don't matter and you are unique and exciting. Well, when you put it like that. So... <laughs> Do you have anything to add or change? No, I don't, um, you know, I think, I think it's been a really lovely chat and, um, yeah, thank you. Thank you for doing this. It's nice to talk about confidence in, in, uh, you know, in such a different way than I expected to talk about. How did you expect to talk about it? I don't know. You know, as I, as I said, like I've always had such a weird relationship with confidence and what I viewed confidence as and, yeah, so it's just kind of it's just nice to be open and knowing that confidence can be vulnerable. Oh my god, that's uh, huge! I'm writing that down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I guess knowing that you can be confident as vulnerable. You know, yeah. you don't have to be be this big strong thing. You know, that's so true. Um, yeah. I've learned a lot about that too through doing this because I always thought that confidence was like a big strong voice, but it's not always that it's yeah it can be a quiet just knowing yourself there's, yeah there's this beautiful line from a song i can't remember what the song's called but the loudest people in the room are never right mm. you know and just just not having having the confidence to know that your work will shine through yeah without ha- having to tell everybody how great you are you yeah know, how good you are at your job and that sort of stuff yeah um, that's so true well, thank yeah. you so much for giving me an hour of your time. Uh, My pleasure. Thanks for having me. It's, it was a, a true treat and um, always good to chat with you. Thanks for listening to this episode of How the Fuck Did You Get So Confident? I love to hear from listeners about what has helped you build your confidence, whether it's a favorite book or a mantra or maybe an event you went through. Leave it in the review section for me to check out, and you can also leave in the review section any topics that you would like discussed on the show, and I look forward to hearing from you. Thanks so much.